Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Living Real Podcast. This is a place for discovering what it truly means to live out real faith in real life for Christ in the real world. My name is Melanie Shaw, your host, as well as founder and editor-in-chief of Living Real Magazine. This season, we will be providing a two-part podcast every month. Part one will be opening God's Word together to grow as we deepen and strengthen the roots of our faith, to discover more about God and His character, and to pray for infusing what we learn into our everyday lives. Part two will be a conversation with a guest to encourage us along our faith walks to become more like Christ. I'm so excited about this season and I hope you are. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi friend. I can hardly believe that we're now into our second season of the Living Real Podcast. And I'm super excited to be adding a new element to our time together. During part one of the podcast each month, we will be spending a few moments in the Word together. Those of you who know me well know that my heart is discipleship. We cannot live real if we're not rooted in the Word. We must sit and soak in it, allow it to wash over us and to cleanse our hearts, minds, and souls. This is where we draw our sustenance from. John 1, 1 through 3 testifies to the truth that the Word is Christ and in Christ is life. It goes on to reveal that this life is the light of men, a light that shines in the darkness and how the darkness cannot overtake it. If we're going to grow up in our faith, we must be rooted in Christ, the Word. We must live this life in Christ, shining His light into the darkness all around us. When we shine, we live as Christ, and the darkness must flee. Those seeking to follow Christ with a whole heart realize you cannot walk this amazing journey alone. We not only need God's power to live the Christian life well, but we're encouraged in the Word to spur one another on to press on toward the prize, and to make disciples in the process, just like Jesus did. In other words, we need one another. So as we kick off this season, I want to take us into the heart of what Living Real is all about, living a life that flows from the wellspring of God's Word. It's here we find unlimited mercy, grace, strength, hope, love, and refreshment to be all He's called us to be. If you have the Bible in front of you, which I encourage you to have with you each time we come together, I want us to turn to Psalm 3. If you're like me, you've probably been in a funk lately, disgusted and appalled with how out of control our country has become. Maybe you're also feeling a bit helpless, not knowing what to do, what to say, or where to turn. America's spiritual condition is deteriorating and unfolding right before our very eyes, not just on a national stage, but on the global one as well. 
So what can we, the people of God, do about it? Well, if you have your Bible opened, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Don't worry if yours doesn't match mine exactly. The point is that we are in the Word together. David is in a place of distress, but he's also grounded in what he knows to be true. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me, and many are saying of my soul, There is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. This psalm is a tug of war of sorts. On one hand, David is crying out to God for help. On the other hand, he is proclaiming who God is. Isn't this a picture of life, especially in today's world? As our enemies surround us, we cry out to God. But in the midst, we proclaim and remind our souls the truth of who God is. Psalm 3 speaks calm and confidence into my soul. It lets me know I'm, I'm not the only one who's ever felt this way. Even though David is under attack, he still knows and understands the faithfulness of his God towards him. My favorite words in this are in verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Speak this verse out loud. Claim it. Soak in it. It's full of power. It moves us from a cowering posture to an upright, confident posture, knowing who we belong to and how he's looking out for us. Even in the midst of the direst of circumstances, God watches over those who belong to him. He will never leave us, forsake us, or allow evil to overtake us. He is our life. And we are his light and his light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overpower it. Sweet friend, allow these truths to wash over you today. Cling to his presence, his peace, his protection and his provision for you. He is your glory and the lifter of your head. Amen. Walk in the confidence of Christ today. Hold your head high in humble adoration of the one who is our refuge and strength. Will you join me in prayer? Precious Jesus, our rock and our salvation, we come into your presence today with a renewed spirit. Your word washes such calm over us, and for that, we give you thanks today. Keep our minds focused on you as we go about our duties of the day. And as we interact with those you've placed in our circles of influence, 
May our lives radiate the light of Christ. Help us to walk in your light, in your holiness, and in your power and strength. We pray all these things in the most wonderful name of all, Jesus. Amen. If you want to meditate on this psalm, I've included a link in the show notes for you to listen to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir singing, Thou, O Lord. It's one of my favorite powerhouse songs. Now, it's time for part two of the podcast. As I've already mentioned, season two of the Living Real podcast will be what we brought to you in season one, conversations with real people living out real faith in real life. As we engage with each person's story, um, I would like this section of the podcast to be a filter as we look through the lens of scripture um, to share the stories and conversations that we'll be having. Uh, the conversation in the scripture lens we'll be using for this part two is, of course, Psalm 3. So let's welcome to the podcast today, Dee Dee Simmons. Welcome, sweet friend. Thank you, Melanie, so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you today. Well, thanks. Um, for our audience, Dee Dee and I have known each other for a very long time, probably most of her life, but mm-hmm. our paths only reconnected in the past year or two. We attended the same church years ago, and I actually was her piano teacher for a while, and then life happened, and she's all grown up with a family of her own now. And uh, Dee Dee, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and about your family? Thank you. Yes, I live in Chapin now. I'm married to my husband. We got married in 2000, and we live in Chapin, Ken and I do, with our three girls, McKenna, Kelsey, and Sally. And McKenna is now in college. Kelsey is a senior in high school, and Sally is in fifth grade. We have two dogs, Bodie and Luna, and so it um, is a really fun life with three (laughs) girls, but it is so great to be back connected with you because we actually met, yes, when I was five years old. Oh, gosh. Uh, That's when I started taking piano lessons with you. Wow. That Mm -hmm. just seems like, you know, eons ago. Um, It does. But then when you think about life in the full spectrum, it goes by so fast. And I'm just thrilled to, you know, learn about how God's worked in your life, how, um, you know, you've you've been a part of such an incredible family. And now um, having a family of your own and your three girls and watching how Jesus Christ is the center of all of that. Um, just makes me beam, and I'm just so proud of you, and I can't wait to continue this conversation today. Thank you. Yes, me too. All right. Well, I learned about Dee Dee's Psalm 3 story through an article that she submitted for Living Real um, just before Christmas. Um, immediately, I knew I wanted to provide her a platform to tell her story to our audience and to offer hope to anyone who has or is going through a time of suffering similar to hers. Her story will be in the spring-summer 2021 issue of the magazine, and I'm really excited about that. So, Dee Dee, um, let's start off by 
just beginning with this piece of your story that started in 2019 on January the 1st. What happened and how did you wake up? That morning, January 1st, 2019, was so confusing to me. We had had a, I'd had a really great year in 2018. It was one of the best years of my life for a number of reasons. Um, and then we'd had a really fun night with friends at a New Year's Eve party doing, we had a murder mystery dinner and it was really a fun night. And I woke up January 1st, sad. I was so sad and I didn't know why. And I thought, hmm, maybe I'm tired because we had had house guests that night and they had to get up early to go to a funeral. So I had gotten up early to see them off. And I I thought, maybe I'm just tired. I felt like I wanted to take a nap or cry. And I did not know why. Hmm. So that day we were having lunch with my family, the traditional New Year's Day lunch. And um, afterwards, I did take a nap and it didn't help. I also cried and it didn't help. And I thought, this is so bizarre. I'm just tired. And day two came, and I still felt the sadness. And day three came, and I realized something was going on. And it was just sadness. It's hard to put it into words. I intentionally don't use the word depression because I understand that um, people that struggle with depression and the like a chemical situation around it uh-huh. is maybe different than what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just extreme sadness that would not go away no matter what I did. And that's when I started praying, Lord, what? is this first I was praying take this away I was doing all the mindset exercises that I knew to do um to put myself in a better place mentally but it just it it wasn't helping and um it became a dark shadow in my life for weeks it just kept hanging around and I tried to reach out to a few people when you're feeling that way you feel alone Mm -hmm. especially if you've never felt anything that intense before right and there was no reason for it sometimes we understand we're sad or afraid or lonely and there's a reason for it, but it, when it comes out of the blue and you can't make rhyme or reason out of it and you can't seem to get out of it, it's also confusing mm-hmm. and scary. And so 
I've reached out to a couple of people. I would put little teasers out almost to <laughs> see if anybody would nibble, you know, understand what I was saying. And nobody seemed to get it. Hmm. And then I was bold enough to reach out to a few people and say, this is what's going on. But I think, too, it was confusing because if you saw me in person, you would. I didn't look sad because hmm. you put on a smile, you keep going, you serve people the way that you always have. You intentionally show up to benefit other people. And so I think that was hard for somebody to understand too where I was struggling and I think a lot of us do that whenever we're in that moment exactly well let me ask about your husband and your family at this time were they seeing these signs did they recognize that something was going on or were you really good at the facade and they were not Mm -hmm. understanding or they didn't know anything was going on I talked to my husband about it and I said, I don't know what is wrong with me. I am so sad. And he, he was, he listened, but I think he was a little confused. Mm -hmm. Um, My girls didn't really know anything was going on, but that was before life shut down. And when life was very busy, my oldest was a senior in high school at the time. And so Mornings consisted of breakfast and making lunches and those morning conversations. And then after school, we were going to different activities and they didn't see it. I didn't want them to see it. I didn't want this to be a burden that they carried or to be worried about mom. There were some times, though, that I would go to the school drop off. I was driving Sally to school at that time. McKenna and Kelsey were driving themselves, but I would come back, do a little bit of work and then lay down to take a nap in the middle of the day. And I'm somebody who has a lot of energy. (laughs) I've been involved in a lot of activities. I enjoy that. I'm somebody who likes to get things done and so the fatigue was confusing me. I didn't know where that was coming from. Hmm. So, but it was, it was stemming from this sadness that just was a hold of me. And I started to realize that the Lord was wanting to show me something. And one thing I learned years ago, and I'm so grateful for this time, um, was that if we will quiet our hearts and quit trying to fight against whatever it is that we're that's coming on us in life that we may be afraid of or we're not wanting to face or we're not understanding and just totally lean into the Lord and say, God, help me to see this situation through your eyes. Hmm. What do you want me to learn here? What, how do you want to grow me in this situation. How do I respond? And um, you will start to see the situation differently. And a lot of times 
the fear around it will dissipate because now you're seeing a purpose in it. You're, you're walk, you see how you're walking with God in that situation. Right. So I began to have some light to it, but that sadness still hung on and I didn't know why. Gotcha. Fortunately, the Lord had put two people in my life. One was a life coach I had been working with, excuse me, a business coach, not a life coach, but a business coach I had been working with. And one was a counselor that I was able to see and talk with during this time as well. Okay. Well, what, what made you, um, what's the counselor? I know you said you already had a business mm-hmm. coach, but does the counselor come during the time of sadness or were you already, um, already seeing a counselor before that just for, you know, life situations and things like that? Yeah, I was already seeing him because mm. It was a maintenance Uh situation, if you will. I knew we were about to have a big change in our life. Our oldest was going to be graduating from high school. Our second would be shortly behind her. And our lives were going to be changing. And I don't know what causes two people to wake up one day and look across the table from each other and say, I don't even know you anymore. (laughs) But I know it happens a lot. And so I had suggested to Ken that we go to a marriage counselor that I knew who had hosted a marriage retreat for us years before that we had hosted. And um, so I was already seeing him Mm -hmm. as as part of that process and had a relationship with him from when he hosted that retreat for us. Ah. Very, mm-hmm. and, and that's so cool because God already had laid out a plan in your life and put people yes. in your life that y- you were going to need wise counsel from. And I think, yes. you know, sometimes we don't even recognize the people that God puts in our lives. It could be years before we hit a wall. Um preparing us for those moments. And I also, from your story, as you said, you know, you were praying and you were, you know, once you started seeking the Lord, then that's when the fear started going away. You didn't understand still the situation, but because your eyes were now focused on him and not necessarily your symptoms so much, then Mm -hmm. God can start working. And I just love how he's putting all of these pieces together. So I can't wait to hear how we continue on. So, um, so go ahead with, with what comes next. So January 29th, 2019 actually was a day that I felt he really was, the Lord was telling me, you need to get alone with me some today. And I called my husband, asked if he could pick our youngest up from school. He said, yes. And that day I spent, in prayer, in scripture. And that was a really interesting story then, but that was like, okay, there is a, there will be a purpose in this. This is going to be a very difficult journey, but I didn't know why, Mm -hmm. but I knew 
the Lord was doing something in my heart. A couple of months, well, in I guess it was around March, my business coach asked me, how's your energy today? And it was a day I was very sad and feeling that fatigue, that lethargic feeling, which is interesting. The symptoms did not go away, even though I was starting to have peace that the Lord's hand was in this, Right. Um, which was important for my faith that mm-hmm. I realized my feelings needed to be an indicator and not a definer of who I was, just an indicator of what was happening in my life. Love that. And not defining who I was. Right. And so, and I told him, I was very honest with him about exactly how I was feeling, where my thoughts were. And he said, what are you dreading this year? Hmm. And in part of the training I've had, I knew like to respond from the heart, not overthink it. And it was that McKenna was leaving, that she was graduating. Hmm. And I felt, and tears are coming to my eyes even saying this, like I felt in some ways the dreams I had for her life, her childhood, what I had always dreamed about being a mom and what my life was going to be like as a mom those dreams didn't get fulfilled. Hmm. And in some ways I felt like I had let her down and I was not wanting to acknowledge that that dream I had was not going to come to fruition. That was difficult to face. That was um, part of where the sadness was coming from, which I would not have even, said that had I not had him ask me that question. Wow. And some light started to come and understanding started to come. But with that, I really started um, a different journey deeper into my heart and that I didn't even know what was about to come, what was about to be revealed. But I just knew that I was grieving the loss of a dream. Now, she had a great childhood. They, My kids did. And she didn't feel like she had missed out on something. It wasn't that she was communicating that to me. Right. It was a dream that I had had. And gotcha. not one, but like a, a picture of what I had envisioned things to be like, and they didn't all come to be. Mm-hmm. And so it became very personal at that point because I knew it was something within my heart. And um, as the next couple of months went over, as we went over the next few months, and I met with uh, Dr. Murdahl, who was my counselor, not the business coach, my counselor, mm-hmm. um, we started talking about a number of different issues, uh, situations in life, this understanding that I was sad about her leaving, 
And then one day I went into his office in the fall and on the way there, this is not fun to talk about, but it's what happened. I was just overcome with hatred Hmm. is what I will say. And I thought, no good Christian woman should ever feel this way. (laughs) Nobody who loves God should ever feel this much hatred. And I was feeling immense anger and hatred for a certain person. And so I went, I went into my session with Dan and, uh, or Dr. Murdoch, his, name is Dan Murdoch. And, um, he said, how are you today? And I told him, I said, I, I think I hate somebody. (laughs) And he said, good. I've been waiting for you to say that. And I, and I said it about that same way, like a little bit confused. And I said, no, I'm, I'm being serious. I really am angry at this person. And I think I may hate them. And he said, Didi, I've been waiting for you to get to this point because now we can start talking about forgiveness. And that blew my mind. I thought, I just told him, I think I hate somebody. I never should do that. And he's saying good. And he's a, he's a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. So I know he's coming from a godly foundation. And here's one big thing, even though I was, embarrassed to say it I felt ashamed that I should not be feeling that way I was very honest with those people the Lord had placed in my life to assist me I never tried to put on a show or be who I thought they thought I should be Uh and that allowed us to really dig in and he started teaching me about forgiveness and it was a session he had put together, a series that he had put together. It was a four-week series or four-session series. And I thought I would complete it in four weeks. And it took six weeks because <laughs> it I was really digging in. And he was going along with my pace for where I was with each with each step of the process. Wow. And I I love that, you know, he allowed you all of those months to get to the point where that root of Mm -hmm. hatred and anger, probably bitterness, those kinds of things were coming to the surface because sadness Mm -hmm. was um, a symptom. And as I was thinking this morning about uh, a picture of what's happened, because as you know, part of my story totally relates to yours, that when that anger and that bitterness and that hatred surfaces, it's almost like you're watching one of these sci-fi movies and a sea monster comes out of the water and just bursts through the surface. And you're like, where did that come from? And how am I going to tame that? or get it yes. back in the box. Um, so I think with what Dr. Murdahl is 
looking for for you is the that sea monster had to come out before mm-hmm. you could begin to really deal with the root of where the sadness was coming from. And right. like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. This is like you are still within what, seven or eight months now into this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not always an easy process. And now you're just beginning the process <laughs> of the forgiveness thing. So let's go from there. Yeah. And what happened next? So you are exactly right when you talk about it being like a sea monster, because that is what started happening. It was really coming up because he said one of the steps is acknowledging or one of the aspects of it. I don't want to say steps. One of the Mm -hmm. aspects of it is acknowledging that you have experienced trauma in a certain way that has changed you. Right. Now the Lord can use that for your good and his glory but acknowledging it has changed your life in a certain way. And then acknowledging loss for me of a particular dream. I had to acknowledge that is not going to be a part of my life because that time had passed. Mm -hmm. Allowing myself to acknowledge those two things was very important and very emotional. And he allowed me that space to grieve for that and to understand that and then to see it through the Lord's eyes. And that was very powerful. One of the things I learned during that whole time was what I thought was forgiveness in the past was simply coping mechanisms in Mm. order to continue through life. And instead of facing that sea monster and the root of it and where it came from and destroying that, what I tried to do was just suppress it, to hide it, to not be that way. And then that's why all of a sudden it reared so strongly because it was never gone. It was always Hmm. there. That's why that sadness came up so intensely because it was always there. Right. I just was suppressing it. The resentment, the anger, the bitterness. I, I was not truly forgiving the way the Lord has instructed us to forgive And as I learned what true forgiveness was, and it's not always pretty, that process of forgiveness (laughs) is not always pretty. True. And it's not always easy. And as I did that, understood true forgiveness, that's where the beauty was. And that's where the peace was. And... That's where the freedom came in. And it was such, oh gosh, it was such a moment of taking a deep breath and being truly free, being truly in the presence of the Lord 
and feeling his peace. And that is something that I am so grateful for that I would say, yes, all of that sadness and anger and bitterness, all of that confusion and fear and darkness Mm. that the Lord allowed into my life in 2019 to bring that to light, this unforgiving root that was still inside my heart. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will take that so that I can come to this to this place of forgiveness. That's so good. Um, Because until we walk through something like that, where we experience having to forgive someone, no matter what your situation was, whether it was very traumatic or, um, you know, whatever, we don't Mm -hmm. see Christ in the light of his forgiveness until we learn to forgive others. And yes. we we can't see him as clearly. We don't love him as deeply until we understand mm-hmm. that forgiveness that he gave to us is now mm-hmm. what we are extending to other people. It changes our whole perception of how we look at people, how we see them beyond their actions. We see them as mm-hmm. a creation of God. We see them as someone that God died for, just like he died for us. And who are we to um, allow those those roots to be nurtured and wish evil on someone um, when the Lord Jesus Christ could have done the same for us, but he didn't. He died yes. for us. So we die to ourselves. In those situations, when we start learning about forgiveness, is we have to die to self to be able to extend life to someone else. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It is so powerful. And um, the joy that comes out of that is not just moving from sadness to happiness, but now I bet you understand the word joy um, from a completely different perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joy is not an emotion that I experience now. Mm -hmm. Joy is a state of being that I choose. And and because the Lord has allowed me to see that through through his eyes, and I am so grateful, so incredibly grateful for that. That's awesome. Well, I said we were going to look at this through the lens of Psalm 3, and I focused in part one on verse three. And I think during this whole psalm, as you and I talked the other day, is that this is a tug of war psalm between David and the Lord because they are having a counseling session to me. And in my own situation, Jesus was my wonderful counselor. And we have a tug of war because our flesh is pulling us to the fear side, but our spirit is pulling us to the truth side when we belong to Christ. And so David is tug of warring in his mind, and he is proclaiming the truth of who God is. He knows this, but on the other side, his enemy is so enraged against him that he is he's just at a place of despair so verse three 
is, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. And that to me is the lens we can look at through any of our stories that are of despair and fear and um, that have led us to a path of bitterness and hatred and anger is that we need to come back and allow the Lord to answer our cry and be our glory, our shield and the lifter of our heads. Yes. Oh, that is so good. I just, I, I love this Psalm and I'm so glad he um, allowed us to to kick 2021 off with this. And mm-hmm. um, I just am always in awe of how he brings what he wants us to share together and brought you back into my life um, through Facebook, actually, but then through this article. Mm-hmm. And I am so thrilled to be able to allow you a time to tell your story. And hopefully this will help someone else who is or might be going through something or will go through something of this sort, um, because we are not, um, we do not get to escape suffering in this life just because we belong to Christ. In fact, we may experience it on a deeper level. So um, the refining process is real, and we want to emerge looking more like Christ when we come out on the other side. So real quickly, let me know how this particular piece of your story ended. Um at the end of 2019, what happened? So as 2019 went on, those final months of 2019, I continued to look inside, work with Dr. Murdahl, even see other areas that I was holding on to anger and resentment and becoming skilled and letting those go. He and the business coach actually assisted me in letting go of the emotions around the events that caused them so that I could see them in a different way. And so I, I dug in really deeply with the Lord. Interestingly enough, I thought I would wake up on January 1st, 2020, with just complete total bliss because I thought, okay, the Lord wanted to show me something for an entire year and I did it and I made it through and I thought I would wake up with complete exuberant bliss and it wasn't that way. And I said, wait, no, I should be like on cloud nine, Lord, what's happening? And he said, look at the settled joy within your, within you now. And Mm -hmm. I realized what I was looking for, that like bubbly, joyful, that bubbly happiness mm-hmm. had, isn't really what I wanted in life. It wasn't even really what I was striving for. It was that settled peace and joy in Christ. And from that, I was, I saw my relationship with him in a whole new light and continue to build and on that and just dig in deeper with him. And 2020 actually was a year of settled peace for me, Hmm. despite all the craziness that was happening around me and even within our life and the uncertainty, he 
had allowed me that trial in 2019 to steadily walk with him without fear and with joy and with new vision, which is so exciting. Um, seeing other people with empathy through his eyes and letting go quickly of any offense, any um, way that someone hurts me. It is, it is total freedom. And so many great things came out of 2020 because I had been given a new perspective and just a settled peace and joy that came only from the Lord. So it's 2020 has been a really great year in 2021, even despite all that's going around, there's still this settled peace and joy mm-hmm. walking every day with him. That is so awesome. I love the way you've put all of that. Um, and when our faith becomes more established and solid and sure, then mm-hmm. the greater the joy that we have in Christ. And I was mm-hmm. just glancing over at Psalm 4, and the verse 7 says, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and their wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety." Oh, I love it. Yes. How powerful is that? Oh, it's so powerful. So powerful. Yes. Well, I... And one thing I noticed in chapter three, when David was talking, and he starts off in two saying, many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we're in that darkness, we feel like people are thinking about us that way. Yes, And we start to have fear that, that we think of ourselves that way. But he doesn't stay there because he immediately says, but <laughs> you are a shield around me, O oh Lord. Like, that's what he's standing on. And that is what we have to do, regardless of what somebody else is saying around us or even those thoughts that come into our minds. Yes. Um that are not in line with God's word. Exactly, because the enemy is there to seek, to kill, and destroy. And Mm -hmm. we have to be able to battle that and realize who has already won the ultimate battle, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. And he says, you, like you pointed out, you lift up my head. And part of my story was I was trying to do everything I knew Mm. As, as a coach myself, right? I knew those mindset techniques. I knew the priming techniques. I knew how powerful my thoughts were. It didn't matter what I did. The Lord needed to lift me up. I needed to rely on him to lift me up because I could not do it in my own power. And that's what I was trying to do at first. Yes. So I love everything that you said about this verse and it is speaking to me in a whole new way right now on this call. (laughs) Well, yay. That is great. Well, our um, time is, is 
cutting short now. So I yes. would love to um, pray with you before we end our podcast today. So yes. let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your deliverance, for your joy, for your peace, for uh, your mercy and your grace that you extend to us, Father. We are living in um, in times, Father, just like David, where we battle within our minds of of what's going on and and discovering things, Lord, that we haven't surrendered to you. And and Lord, I thank you for bringing sometimes those sea monsters to the surface, so that we can see what is going on deeper in our hearts, and that we give the Holy Spirit a chance to examine and to bring those things to light so we can deal with them and um, remove, Father, what is not Christ-like there, and that we can learn and grow from all of these experiences. Father, I thank you for Dee Dee. I thank you for her willingness to share her story, um, for being real with us, and for allowing her faith to deepen and to grow through this experience. Um, because, Lord, she wants to bring you glory and to help others who are experiencing similar situations and circumstances. God, we know that you are the answer. You, you do have the power and the strength to lift our heads. And we just surrender ourselves to you, Lord, so that you can do a mighty work within our lives. And Father, I pray that um, you would be with her family. She would be with her children that you would continue to strengthen them and um, to grow them up in their faith in you and to guide them along their walks. And it's all these things that we bring um, you glory and that we pray in the most wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Didi, for everything. And I look forward to having your story in the next issue of Living Real and uh, seeing you in person when I deliver you some of those issues. Wonderful. Thank you so much again for allowing me to be on here and the way that you love on other people so well. I appreciate you. Well, thank you, Dee Dee, and I will talk with you soon. Very good. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Living Real Podcast. I hope you've been encouraged today to draw closer to Christ through His Word, to pray for a heart that's fully devoted to Him, and to engage with your circle of influence as you seek to live like Christ. I'm already looking forward to our time together next month. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Living Real Mag, and visit our website at www.livingrealmag.com. Until next time, we are in your corner cheering you on to live real for Jesus' sake. <music>